and welcome to Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is one of your hosts, Brett. And this is your other host, Matt. I don't know why I got spooky Don Pardo for some reason. Yeah. The uh, musical guest, Boris Pickett. <laughs> and your host, Boris Karloff. Yeah. It's all and Boris. And your host, Boris Boris Karloff. Uh, speaking of that, if you're in New York City on Halloween, come to the UCB Theater at 8 p.m. and see Monster Night Live. Yeah, Monster Night Live. Uh, Thunder Gulch, your old sketch yeah. group, uh, does an annual Monster and Halloween-themed sketch show, and it's always great. You guys were a really great team, man. I know. Hey, I know that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, my you, guys, favorite. you guys really were. It's... Uh, you know, it's hard to find chemistry like that with a group of people whenever you're, you know, sort of thrown together to work with them. Um, yeah. And you guys really had it. It's something that I think a lot of people don't realize about, I'm sure, creative teams and comics itself as well, right? <laughs> you all get thrown together. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes that is what happens, right? Yeah. Like, a, an artist gets put with a writer, or a writer gets put with an artist, and they have to figure out how to work together. <laughs> Can these two get along without driving each other crazy? You're driving me bonkers. <laughs> so we're going to discuss a lot of creative teams right now. Yeah. Because um, New York Comic Con just happened and they decided to make all the announcements for Marvel Comics. It, they did. And New York Comic Con, what did you, what did you think this year? Uh, I, it was probably my favorite one. Yeah. Also because I will I will acknowledge privilege in that I'm a white man, so I did not get what apparently was one of the most uh, you know, rapey and cat y New York Comic Cons ever, from what I've heard. God, that's infuriating. Yeah. So I had a really good time. I it makes me really sad that I keep reading articles about like I mean Becky Cloonan wrote a thing about how she couldn't even get from one point to the other without people harassing her, and she's fucking Becky Cloonan. Like She's yeah. a professional, she's a professional, I don't know, I mean, like, okay, all, no women should be, uh, accosted like that. Inexcusable. It's, it's just like, I don't know, just really, it's really frustrating. I just got, you know, stink eye and people moved out of my way. Yeah. Far, I, I get the exact opposite of, uh, of being harassed. <laughs> no so one will talk to me. Please don't go near that nerd. Yeah. Uh... But I, I thought the I thought the floor was actually less crowded than it has been in the past. You know, I wonder if that is the case. It's or did they did they sort of spread out the aisles a little bit more this year? It might have or might have been. But if, but if you're going to spread out aisles, that means you have less booth space. Like you have less, you know, money. To well, that's sell. what I'm wondering if so that I, was if that was the case. Because I don't think they expanded the show floor into any uncharted areas. Yeah, maybe they just maybe they increased the price of booths. Yeah, and lowered the amount. And also, I mean, you know that that badge that badge uh, crackdown might have actually done it. Seriously, that thing was they, they had that thing on lock this yeah. year. And I actually, I on Thursday when I was like, oh, we're all gonna have to check in and out. This is gonna be horrible. I got in and off of the show floor with super speedy ease. Yeah, it wasn't hard. It, it was not congested at all. I think it that was, was the easiest. It was the easiest in and out that New York Comic Con has ever been. Yeah. So, 
somehow like that I think was all a success. I mean, hijacking people's social media to tweet I heart and NYCC, not that cool, but they cut that out after Thursday, I think. Yeah. Cause I, I, I gave it access to my Twitter account, assuming it would just say something like I am at New York comic con, which is a factual thing. So I'm like, yeah. I'm fine with it saying that, but I don't like it. I don't know. Editorializing on my behalf. Yep. <laughs> that I heart it. Yep. So, but I, don't know, I, I still like, yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Met some really cool people. Got to got to meet some really great creators that I'd never had a chance to. Uh, I got to be honest, you and I walked up and got to talk to Peter David at his uh, table for a minute, and I walked away. And when we said goodbye to each other, I was kicking myself that we didn't ask him to be on the podcast has to happen at some point i get i assume that older creators know what podcasts are but in my head i'm like oh this is gonna be like trying to explain to my parents about the, you know yeah yeah who knows but i i don't think that's the case i think they would be fine i mean same thing with like chris claremont and uh i mean like fabian is like all these guys that i really want to talk to yeah um yeah, so, uh, but the big story of the weekend was, I mean, Marvel dominated because they announced a million new books. They just unloaded everything yeah. that they were sitting on, I guess, I will, forever. Yeah, I'm, as someone who works for Marvel.com, I can say that there's still more to come. <laughs> really? Yeah, there are still um, a couple of books they have not announced yet. Uh, and some of them are ones I'm super, super excited about. I'm being a jerk right now. <laughs> you are. You're a, you're a big old book tease. Oh, jeez. Um, you dirty book tease. Ugh. But a lot of the ones I was super excited about were announced, so I, I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, too. Real fast, I mean, even before we dive into the Marvel stuff, uh, a lot of the other... The week leading up to, there were so many great books that came out, even from Image and like all of the other publishers as well. Um, Did you read uh, three or Rocket Girl? Uh, I flipped through Rocket Girl. I'm like in love with Amy Reader's art. It is gorgeous. Yeah. She is a hell of a talent. I I, I want to read both of those now that I've listened to iFanboy talk about them because I didn't yeah. pick them up on my own. Yeah, I want to check out the 44 as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Oni Press was was giving it away, or... I kept missing... They didn't have any on the table when I would come by. What is it about? Um, is it about aliens? Yeah. space? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's about awesome. That's what it's about. Okay, then I'm on board for that. Yeah, uh, not, it's uh, letter 44, not the 44, right? It's... Yeah, because... Well, the 4400 was like a USA alien drama yeah. or something, right? Like, Yeah, Brett, I'm becoming an old man. I, I'm starting to like ruin all of the names of everything. That's fine. Oh, uh, okay. boy. My, uh, like my aunt. My aunt used to ruin the name of every movie. She asked us if we wanted to go to see Tombstone, and she was like, you guys want to go see that uh, graveyard? <laughs> well, it took it's us like two than, minutes to figure out what she meant. It's better than, you want to go see that pizza movie? It's like, oh, wow. It's a movie. So far off. Oh, you mean Good Burger? Yeah, that's it. That's, uh... Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Marvel. I guess we can jump right in. 
Yeah, Marvel definitely unloaded a lot of uh, amazing <laughs> announcements. Like there was a lot of there was a lot of speculation that leading up to New York Comic Con, there were going to be some big announcements. There were there were all of those rumblings of Marvel Now Wave Two. All new Marvel Now, which is now all new Marvel Now. Can it be all new even if Marvel Now is only a year old? Uh, well, these are all new titles. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You just like go with it. Just go with it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. I'll tell you what, though. There, there are some, uh, there's some interesting series that they're going to launch. And yeah. Relaunch. So let's um let's let's give like each one of these a minute, I guess. Maybe forty five seconds to a minute. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Are we gonna do, we gonna do the PTI model. Pardon the interruption. Oh, what's that? Oh, is that yeah, where I just like like a sports uh, topic for you know like ninety seconds and then a bell goes off and then. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have to switch topics. Yeah, that works for me. I'll just, the bell will be my mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the name of the and, episode. <laughs> and um, also, uh, we should say at the end of, like, whether or not we're going to try it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll keep track of that. I have a feeling we're going to want to try out all of these, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should, maybe we should each have, maybe we should have figured this out beforehand, but maybe we should each only have, like, five books. I don't know. Be really five. Or no, no, that's gonna be that's gonna be headache inducing. Let's just say, let's okay. So, uh, folks, folks, this is the this is the planning process. <laughs> and I, we're peeling the curtain back right now. Oh god! Showing you what our conversations are like on Skype, uh, and on uh, in person, on the phone, yeah. and over Gchat. Ben is just shaking day. his head. <laughs> ben just wants us to be in order. Uh, just start already. That's what he's saying. Is he? Just start already. I'm not drinking Budweiser. Um, so, She-Hulk by Charles Soule and uh, Javier Polito. Well, I'll tell you what. Charles Soule is a lawyer. If anyone's going to write about a lawyer, a lawyer's the guy to do it. Yeah, and Javier Polito is one of the best artists working today. Oh, Period. Or ever. So, so good. He's such... And I mean, he did uh, he did a couple issues of uh, Hawkeye last year. Yeah, he did the annual, and then he also did the tape two parter. Uh, he was yeah, which fed into each other. Yeah, uh, he is amazing. I think this book um, is going to be fantastic. It's probably one of the two I am most excited about. Yeah, absolutely. We were both huge fans of She Hulk. Uh, we're both sort of champions of. Um, female-led comics anyways. I mean, you much more so vocally than yeah, I, I uh, but you and I definitely share that common agreement, and it's always exciting to see a new female-led book. That was that was my clap. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll clap. Um, oh, okay. So that was a minute. Uh, are we, I'm definitely picking it up. Yeah, I'm definitely picking it up, too. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it for the first story arc. I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. We're both fans of She-Hulk and Dan Slott's run. Just based off of that, it, it, it gets a buy. Yeah, I think, and I think it's going to be uh, in that tone as well. Uh, next up, All New X-Factor by Peter David and Carmine D. Giodomenico, starring Polaris, Quicksilver, Gambit, and three other people who they've not revealed yet. Yep. Uh, already buy. Uh, on, on board. I mean, like, I don't even know, do we need to talk about that anymore? <laughs> like, no, I mean, here's the thing. I, X-Factor, like, set on a precipice for so long. You know, it's just one of those solid selling titles that Marvel may not pull into their main storylines, but 
is always a, like it's a rock solid seller for them. Oh yeah, it barely fluctuates in sales. And how can you how can you deny something like that? There's a solid fan base. Everyone wants to see these characters. Everyone wants to see this writer with these people. And anything Peter David's gonna do, uh, I'm it's at least worth a glance. This is a buy for me for sure. Oh totally. Yeah, of course. And it's also corporately funded, which I think is going to be an interesting uh, twist on it. Um, and that is our minute. And now I have a timer. So, Loki, Agent of Asgard by Al Ewing and Lee Garbett. Uh, so, what do you think about this book? Uh, the preview art shows a teenage Loki, or like an older Loki. So we're like we're talking like early twenties Loki, right? Yeah, like it was. A, it's a big spoiler for. Young Avengers. But that's what Marvel does. They spoil their own high-profile books in previews. You know, it, it's it's not even... I mean, to me, if the story's good, and I feel like what Kieran Gillen, Gillen and Jamie McElvey are doing, I'm not... I'm not in it... I'm in it for the ride. I'm not in it for the surprise drop at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're such huge talents, God. I feel like I'm just blowing everybody but there's so much talent here yeah. well, Al um, Ewing Al Ewing is kicking ass on Mighty Avengers right now so yeah. that has me looking f you know it has me somewhat interested I'm gonna give this a look I'm gonna give this a look and that's no that's no measure against the talents it's more that I am interested to see where this will go but I don't know yeah they got, they got the piano riff <laughs> so you're, <laughs> you're gonna pick it up uh, I'm gonna give it a look. Oh, so that's this is this is something that if I have it in my budget, I will uh, I will pick up an issue to see what's going on. I will wait to read reviews. I think I I already buy too many comics. I'm not the biggest Loki fan, so we'll see. Not a th oh man, what are you? What are you? Oh, I love Loki. <laughs> uh, I am a huge fan of Black Widow by Nathan Edmondson and Phil Noto, which flat out I'm going to buy this. Digitally, physical, hardcover, every single way. <laughs> that's, I just want to, like, I want to, like, roll up Phil Noto artwork and, like, whisper sweet nothings to it and hold it at night. And <sighs> Did you see the cover? There for it. The cover to number one of that amazing Stark portrait of her in, like, yeah. the dripping blood that's actually a skyline of Russia. Like, that's, oh, yeah. this is going to be the most interesting looking Black Widow book we've ever seen because mm -hmm. every other Black Widow book is... I mean, I talked to Phil Noto at the show, and he was, made, I was like, you're the perfect artist for this, and he immediately just, like, did the motion of zipper all the way up, yeah. and I was like, I knew you were, yeah, I know you, you got, you know yeah. what you're doing. And the thing is, Phil doesn't need, Phil's the type of amazing artist that he doesn't need to show TNA to draw sexy, beautiful women that are powerful, and yeah. really, that was bad for the bone. Yeah. So you, we're both buys on that? Uh, that's a buy. Yeah, that's a definite buy. Uh, next up we have Avengers World by Jonathan Hickman, Nick Spencer, and Stefano Caselli, uh, which is just another Avengers book. Explodes the concept of Earth being under the Avengers protection even more. Um, but this group's going to have more Cannonball and Sunspot in it, right? Am I, am I wrong about Maybe. that? Maybe. I... My knowledge of it was that it was going to feature a lot more of the, yeah, like, the underused characters, like a lot of the newer ones. Sure. So, if there's more Cannonball and Sunspot, because there sure as fuck is none in Avengers, yeah. then yeah, I will buy it, but, uh, I don't know, otherwise. I assumed, I assumed that would be a buy for you just based off of the, 
promotional art that I saw with both of them. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I bet Brett's on board for that. See, I've this only be... I've only read like the announcements. I haven't seen a lot of the promotional art, so oh, okay. You're 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 going away to sell me. Yeah, Stefano Caselli's a, an amazing artist as well. He's just been doing brilliant work. Uh, this um, is a look for me though. Because, again, it's budget, and I have not been as involved with the Avengers franchise yeah. since Jonathan Hickman took over outside of Infinity. But it's worth a look, I think. So you're going to, yeah, me too. If it is it's a Cannonball Sunspot heavy, then that's a buy from me. But if it's just more of the same Avengers stuff, then I'll probably wait and see what, oh, okay. what the shakeout is. Um, Avengers Undercover by Dennis Hopeless and Kev Walker, the sequel to Avengers Arena with the Survivors basically Breaking Bad in the to the Masters of Evil. Yeah. Avengers Arena is a great book. I, I'm on board. I This is going to be a wait for me because I haven't even read Avengers Arena. Ooh, yeah, got to get um, on that bandwagon. I will probably read through Avengers Arena late after it wraps up. And by that point, Avengers Undercover will be well underway. Yeah, that'll be a really good read from beginning to end. You are, you're going to be obsessed with that series. It's okay. going to be like Breaking Bad. It's going to be like, you know, when you would re when you'd watch all four seasons to get caught up? Yeah. I feel like reading every issue of Avengers Arena is going to have that exact same effect. It's a very forward, forward momentum, deep character book. It's really good. Oh, good. I can't wait. So. Um, yeah, and Dennis Hopeless has been doing great work on Cable and X-Force. Uh, yeah. And you've, you've had nothing but good things to say yeah. about Avengers Arena. Uh, Kev Walker. Always uh, great. artist. So, you're going to catch up with Avengers Arena first. Yeah. And I'm definitely buying it. Yeah, this is a, this is a wait for me. Okay. Uh, next up, Secret Avengers by Alice Cott and Michael Walsh. Uh, they're going to relaunch Secret Avengers with a new number one with Spider-Woman, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Nick Fury Jr., which is the dumbest name ever, and Bill Coulson. James Bond Jr. James Bond Jr. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I haven't been reading Secret Avengers, so even though I love all the characters on this cast, I don't know if that's enough to get me to buy it, just because I haven't been reading it already. Yeah, it, it's it's the same for me. I don't have a hook yet for this for me. Uh, and, again, like if I had unlimited funds, I'd pick all of these up. But this is, uh, again, no no comment on the, on the talent involved. But if the reviews... If the people that are reading it are, are raving about it, I'll definitely pick it up. But yeah. there's nothing there's nothing yet here uh, grabbing me. Yeah, and that's a that's a ditto. So we're both gonna wait on that. Yeah. So burn on you, Secret Avengers. No, no, <laughs> just kidding. Just burn. kidding. I've heard Not burn. Such great things about comeback. Yeah. I'm interested to see uh, <laughs> what these characters are gonna look like under Michael Walsh and Alice Cott is picking up serious heat. Oh, yeah, he's got another book. We're going to be talking about a book of his in a second. Um, uh, Silver Surfer by Dan Slott and Mike Allred. I feel like you're on board for that, right? Yeah, oh, my God. Have you seen the preview art for (laughs) this? I see the cover. I just, I I looked at that cover that they showed with, like, the the new design and everything, and I just, like, I fell in love. Yeah. I... Love Mike Allred. I'm a, I'm a huge pop art guy. Oh yeah, which is why I love like you know Cliff Chang and and Phil Noto and and Mike Allred. All these guys with like the real clean style. And I when there were rumors of him doing a Silver Surfer book, I was fascinated to see what his style would look like. Yeah, with the Surfer. And as soon as I saw it, I said 
yes, all of it right now, as much as I can get, as many as I can get. And I am excited to see Dan Slott write another character. I might have to wait on this one, though, just because of money. Sure. <laughs> um, and I'm not the hugest Silver Surfer guy, but the creative team seems very good. Okay, so you are a definite on that one. I'm 100% buy on the new Silver Surfer. And I I'm will... A surfer fan, back to the uh, Starlin Mars. Oh, yeah. Too. And I will wait and hear a whole bunch of rave reviews and then possibly check it out. I will probably <laughs> yell at you yeah. about it. Until... So um, <laughs> uh, Ghost Rider by Philippe Smith and Trad Moore. So I've wanted to see Trad Moore on a Marvel book ever since I saw the very first page of Luther Strode because he is yeah. one of the most fully formed amazing artists that Image has ever seen. Yeah. But I don't, I don't give a shit about Ghost Rider. <laughs> You know what? Have you seen? This is a completely different take. This is going to be worth a look for me because what I'm seeing is it looks like this is not going to be an actual flaming demon head on this guy, but like some type of helmet. Ah. With the sort of uh, suggestion of flame, uh, either either real or otherwise, but it's not like the actual sort of demon thing that we that we're used to with Ghost Rider. Yeah. So are you on board? Are you gonna check it out? It's worth a it's definitely worth a look to me. Again, it's a it's a money thing at this point and I uh, I'm interested to see what this all new take is before I dive in. I might <laughs> yeah. wait a couple issues to see what the first story arc is like. <laughs> yeah, eh, that's the same for me. Uh, Iron Patriot by, again, Alice Cott and Gary Brown, who comes from the Massive, uh, starring James Rhodes. Um, I... The massive, oh, man. Yeah. Gary Brown's great. Um, I also love Rhodey. Like, I... Is he, he the only leading African-American character at Marvel right now? I feel like I need to try it out. Just because... Well, we do have Mighty Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, solo book. So it looks. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't recall any others. So I, yeah. So I am. I I do like Brody a lot. So I think I I think I will pick this up. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, just I think I, I feel like, you know, if I want there to be more diversity <laughs> in my in minority representation right. of comics, I have to buy what they give me in a way. Yeah. Um, that's the only way to like get those books to stick around. That's fair. This is going to be a wait for me. Yeah. I like the talent involved, but I feel like I've never read a, a roadie story that really con that I've really connected with. Yeah, and I don't think, and you know, I, I don't think that has anything to do with his status as a minority character. It's oh, just no. that I've never connected with a specific take on that guy. Not even the weird alien armor. No, I just I, <laughs> it wasn't. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah, uh, all new invaders by James Robinson and Steve Pugh. Uh, featuring stepping into the Marvel yeah, and James Robinson stepping into the Marvel Universe with Captain America, yeah. Namor, Human Torch, and Winter Soldier in the modern day. I I don't think I will do this. Yeah, I think this might this might not this might be a wait at most for me to the again the Invaders franchise is just a franchise that's never really stuck with me. No, watch, like, yeah. six months from now would be the best book they put out. I won't stop talking about it. I, I have weird issues with Namor. Um, what? Well, I like him fine as a character. He is not an X-Man. I didn't like 
for those couple of years and they kept trying to force him on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's an X-Men if they say he's an X-Men. I'm just a weird fan about that. Um, sure. I love Winter Soldier. So, yeah. I mean, if it if it gets great reviews, like outstanding Hawkeye level reviews, I'm, we'll try it out. But, yeah. Invaders as a name. Invaders as a name is not one that does it for me. Yeah, it just—it's just a franchise that was that was again never really my thing. <laughs> yeah, if Chris Anka is listening to this, he hates us so much. Oh man, Chris, I'm sorry. You yeah. are uh, amazing. So don't, this is not personal. <laughs> hey, don't don't listen to this talented clown. Uh, my um my gripe train continues with Inhuman by Matt Fraction and Joe Matarera, uh, because I do not like the most the obvious. Fox owns the mutants. Marvel needs their own mutants. We're going to make the Inhumans the new mutants. Bullshit that is happening right now. That's my own personal uh, beef. Sure. Um, amazing creative team. 10 out of 10 creative team. That's a great creative team. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I just... But I can't imagine that's more than a four-issue series with Joe mad on art before yeah. he disappears. But that's kind of like his job now is to launch books solidly and then step away. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like. I, I know there's, there'll probably be a really great story. I just think it is very obvious that this is movie studio, uh, you know, meddling is what is leading to all this stuff. Which has, you know, been good stories so far, but it does bum me out that the X Men and the Mutants are now this weird, segregated thing. So. Yeah, I, I, will, I will wait. I don't know. It feels like, it, it feels like uh, uh, you know. It's not as bad as in the 90s when the marketing team was forcing everyone to find a reason to put a, a specialized cover on every book. Like when the Avengers and Fantastic Four had something like eight special covers within 13 months. Oh, but there's crazy. Yeah, but now they're just doing that with variants and relaunches yeah. in a way. I mean, man, the the inhuman, the rise of the inhumans at in Marvel right now is a is a deep deep topic. <laughs> to get into i really i don't it is it is my pet peeve it is my biggest pet peeve with marvel right now because i do not care about the inhumans i've never and i can care about them i'm not you know stuck in my ways well let's say this i think if there's a writer that's going to make you care about the inhumans it's going to be matt fraction yeah. it just it is so it is so glaringly obvious that they're just creating they're just they just need they need mutants. They need mutants for the movies, and they need something. And that's the only... Like, it's not like the Inhumans are now being thrust into the spotlight because of something inherent in the Inhumans. Like, it is now time for us to tell all these Inhuman stories we've been waiting to tell. No, it is flat out. They need to figure out a way to introduce Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch into Avengers Age of Ultron because they can't call them mutants. I don't yeah. know. I mean, and maybe... And I also don't want to be a cynical fan because I really get mad at cynical fans. But when when you're introducing like the Terrigen Mist and they're picking people at random who suddenly get powers and now they're popping like that's mutants that is straight up mutants that's all it yep. is is mutants it's no different and it kind of annoys me. But Marvel, that's understandable. I, I get I paychecks say, from Marvel, so I feel like a jerk saying this. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I did like the Inhumans in Thanos Imperative. Yeah. And I think uh, War of Kings, whenever they appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy at that time. Uh, but this is this is at most a look for me. Uh, I'm not I'm not on board yet. I will uh, I will wait and see. Yeah. Um, 
Now, uh, 90s Nostalgia with New Warriors by Chris Yost and Marcus Toe. With Speedball, The New Nova, Justice, Old Scarlet Spider, and some other people. All brought together. <laughs> you know Scarlet Spider was on The New Warriors in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, it was It was Ben Riley though. It wasn't Kane. But I still, like, I like that they're, like, Scarlet Spider and Nova, like, the new Nova, like, these title bearers are now part of the team. Yeah, I agree, too. This is, this is a look very close to buy for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am going to look at the first issue, and if the first issue is good, <laughs> I'm going to jump on it. Yeah, and you also... Know, my unhealthy obsession with Scarlet Spider. Yeah, and it's Chris Yost who launched Scarlet Spider, who wrote a really good Scarlet Spider, so I'm kind of interested to see him write him in a team setting, especially with his book ending. Yeah, and I love Marcus Toe's work. Uh, and I a love... Really great artist. I we love both him, love like, Speedball. Robin stuff, too. We both love Speedball, right? Yeah, Speedball's great. Speedball's uh, the best. Yeah, he needed to get away from being penance. Yeah. He's a Steve Ditko guy. He's great. That's... Brett, we need to make t-shirts. I'm a Steve Ditko guy. <laughs> um, Captain Marvel is relaunching with a new number one by Kelly Sue DeConnick with art by David Lopez. And, yeah, I'm already in line. Yeah. I'm already yeah, in so line. They say, uh, they say that it's going to be more cosmic yeah. in nature. Now, does that mean she's going to be she's going to be sort of out there with the Guardians uh, in, the, in the greater Marvel galaxy, or what? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Or, like, like, just facing space, like space-based threats on Earth. Yeah, it is a possibility. I mean, if the Guardians has this cachet now, um, you know, they could be... They always be. did. They always did. <laughs> Tying her in with the Guardians could work. Um, and also, like, David Lopez is one of the most underrated artists out there right now. I love everything he's ever done. Like, he's... Oh, man. He's yeah, great. phenomenal draftsmanship from that guy. Uh, really cool, great use of negative space in his panels, <laughs> and really knows how to lay a page out. So I'm very excited to see to see Captain Marvel get David Lopez on art. So that's a that's that is a must buy for me. Yeah, and Kelly, that is. I think it's safe to say that after this run, like Captain Marvel, Kelly Sue DeConnick, that is that is her character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, next Chris up, Claremont's probably like tearing a comic in half right now. He's used to it at this point. Sure. <laughs> um, Electra by Zeb Wells and Mike Del Mundo, um, which I think I'm going to pick up from Mike Del Mundo Interiors alone. Uh, Del Mundo's killer. Did you see those covers of all the dead ninjas forming the outline of Electra's face with their blood forming her like headscarf? Yeah. Like, that's the cover. so cool. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's a clever and creative guy is what he is right there. The cool thing about these two number ones, about Electra and Black Widow number ones, is like these are two characters that are easy, that are usually sexually exploited, and their covers are they've given them artists that are smart and are still going to make those characters sexy, but they're not going to be exploited. They're going to be sexy on their own terms. Like, and it's so yeah. cool that Marvel did that. Mike Domondo yep. and Phil Noto, like those are great artists. Yeah, ah! I agree. That's uh, I gotta say. I, this is another character that I just have never connected with. Yeah, me either. Um, at most, this is a way probably just a, a, a pass unless it's really amazing. It's, again, budget. Yeah. Uh, next up is Punisher by the Activity creative team of Nathan Edmondson and Mitch Gerads. Yeah. Uh, I've never read the Activity. I love Mitch's artwork. I've never liked the Punisher, so this is probably a wait for me. 
what does not what doesn't connect with Punisher for you? Uh, I he's just I mean it's very nihilistic to me. Yeah. Like I feel like Daredevil is almost as dark as the Punisher, but still like Matt Murdock is a character you can like really root for and like get behind. Yeah. Whereas the Punisher, most of the stories I've read, which actually haven't been that many, is kind of just like a relentless killing machine. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Are you a big Punisher fan in secret? No, I, I'm not. Like, I, I love gritty, I love gritty crime stories. Like, I'm a huge Michael yeah. Mann fan and any sort of like, you know, heist film and revenge film, stuff like that. Like, the really gritty... Hong Kong uh, triad flicks and, and shit like that, but The Punisher has not really ever connected with me either. Yeah, It's a concept that I like that I feel like I've never, except for you know, Jason Aaron's Punisher Max and, oh, I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. Garth, Garth Ennis' Punisher was yeah. great. Garth Ennis' Punisher was great. I don't feel like uh, anything before or after has been uh that that level and that to me is the punisher and i'm not gonna it, it might it might be great and i'll wait and see but you know i'm not gonna pick something up and, and complain about it because it's not what i expected or whatever right okay so uh, but i wish them the best of luck because <laughs> nathan edmondson uh has has been uh has been getting some serious work and i've heard good stuff about the activity so yeah uh, and now, not a, I guess, a new title. Uh, they're going to start repub, reprinting Miracle Man, so starting with. We've all been waiting for since yeah. they announced. Now I don't know. The new issues start with number twenty-four or twenty-five. Um, so are they going? Twenty-four. Yeah, are they going to be doing an issue a month to get up to that, or are they going to be doing like Marvel style, like one every two weeks or one every week? Well, that's an interesting question. Because I don't think they're going to want to sit on those new issues for two years before they get to it. I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's a question of whether or not the reprints will sustain sales long enough, you know. But yeah. on the other side of it, you have one of the most uh, one of the busiest and most brilliant writers in the world, and Neil Gaiman. Who knows if he's going to be able to get through all of the scripts in time. Well, he has two years, if they're going to be doing it monthly. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so that's why I was thinking, like, if they're going to do it in two years, and that makes sense. Um, I'm on board. That's why I would understand it, but who knows? Maybe maybe he's already, like, into it. I'm sure he has notes, obviously. He had outlines for how it was going to end. Yeah. From he's had, like, day. 20 years to write these. Um, mm -hmm. I'm on board just because I want to finally read these stories. Like, yeah. that's all I want, so. Have you, have you ever read any of Miracle no. Man? Before? Nope, nope. So oh boy. this is going to be do that on the show. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, now we're in the um, the continuing series that have news jumping on points. Uh, Thunderbolts by Charles Soule and Carlo Barberi added Ghost Rider to the mix. Um, meh. <laughs> I don't know. Twenty I, point now is what they're calling this, right? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Twenty point now. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to read that, I don't think. Again, uh, if I hear really, really great things, which I have been hearing really good things about Soul's Thunderbolts. So I kind yeah, of want to go back and read those. Uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, again, that's sort of a, a team of ragtags that I can understand the appeal, but it's just not for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I were, I'll tell you what, I'll say this though. If I were like, 
13, if I were younger, if I were younger, I bet you I'd be all over this. There was a, there was a one shot that came out when I was a kid that was called uh, Ghost Rider Wolverine, Wolverine Punisher, Punisher Heart of Darkness. Which I just bought on mycomicshop.com and plan on oh, reading. really? Oh, yeah. So I've had that, I've had that, that trading card for years. Yeah. That Marvel Universe Series 3 trading card. And I was like, what is this story? So I just went through and bought it. So oh, yeah. I'll read that. Instead of reading this Thunderbolts run, I will read that one shot. Sure. Um, next up, this is an interesting one. Savage Wolverine by Richard Eisenhoff. Yeah. So Logan weird. in the 1930s. I'm probably not going to read it because Wolverine solo stuff is not my bag, but I'm fascinated to see a colorist doing everything. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as well. He is I he does so he does much more than colors though, and he has such amazing handle on depth and texture. Oh yeah. You know, this is going to be maybe the most beautiful book that they're putting out. And that's no slight on like you know, I'm like drooling over the idea of a Phil Phil Noto interiors again, but this I think um it's going to be a beautiful thing to look at, but like I'm not a I'm not a Wolverine solo guy that much either. I like Wolverine as a character, but yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Yeah. Um, next Sounds up, like a great concept, and, and I bet you it's going to sell boatloads. Oh yeah. Uh, next up, we have the crossover between all new X Men and Guardians of the Galaxy: The Trial of Jean Grey, with your usual suspects Bendis, Pacelli, and Eminem. Of course, I'm on board. Uh, of course. Yeah, you said my trigger words, Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm already masturbating. Like, I'm yeah. on top of this. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And, by the way, Sarah Pacelli, like, God, <laughs> breathtaking. She's amazing. And I can, I am just, like, in love with the idea of an entire crossover drawn by Eminent and Pacelli. Yeah. Oh. Also, with those new costumes... Uh, the right. original five are wearing, which remind me very much of like X Factor, like when they all had different uniforms and all different colors. Yep, it, it has an X Factor vibe to me. Uh, also, X twenty three is joining all new X Men at some point, and she's going to start hooking up with Cyclops, young Cyclops. This is very weird. I'm on board. Oh, hooking up with young Cyclops. Yeah, yeah. When you said Cyclops for a second, I was like, oh come on. That's gross. <laughs> um, come on. Next up, uh, Captain America by Rick Remender and Nick Klein uh, going up against a whole bunch of old uh, foes, is what it looks like. Red Skull, Dr. Mindbubble, who's a new person. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't read... Um, oh, it's by Pascal Alix and Nick Klein, but I haven't read any of Remender's run, so I'm not going to start now. Although I've heard great things. Of course, I've heard great things, and I want to. Remender's a killer writer. Man. Yeah. His Dark Angel saga is easily, like, top five X-Men stories of all time, I would say. And I love his indie stuff. I haven't picked up his Captain America yet, and I am actually... This is a wait for me, because I'm actually just starting to work my way through Ed Brubaker's run on Captain America. Yeah, me too. And I, mean, I read it a long time like ago, but I'm reading it over. through that before I get to this stuff yeah okay uh next up is avengers ai by sam humphreys and then andrea rajo which is the same creative team just a new storyline where the uncanny avengers show up and they go ten thousand years into the future 
I, I'm not reading it. I liked the first couple issues, but I had to cut it due to money. So. Yeah. This is, I, I just wasn't picking up on Avengers AI either, and it kind of bums me out because there are runaways on yeah. this crew. There's some uh, really good characters. There, and I feel like anytime they show up anywhere, I should be uh, <clears throat> making sure that they stay in publication. But yeah. it, it just uh, it hasn't been in the cards for me with these guys. Well, here's a book that definitely is in the cards for you, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Superior Spider-Man, Slot and Cam and Coley, Goblin Nation, the new story arc. Yo, Goblin Nation, it is all <laughs> going down from there. I can't wait. What is going to happen? Go. Is this the end? Is I this going to be? Because, I mean, I Peter's coming is. back. Like we I all knew. what's going to happen, that my guess, my guess is that Peter Parker's return is going to involve uh, Norman. Well, they're. Norman Osborn may not be the Green Goblin because they're teasing the Goblin's identity the same way that they did whenever the Goblin first appeared in the Amazing Spider-Man books. Uh, so it may not be him, but whoever is amassing this Goblin army underground is maniacal and calculated and organized and smart, and I think that he's going to put two and two together and realize wow. that Peter Parker is not under the mask and be absolutely outraged. I think Octavius's downfall is... Norman Osborn, and the Tyne Door at Horizon Laboratories. Ah. I think those are the two things that are going to bring Peter back. Now watch me be totally wrong. <laughs> well, we, have it, we have it on record now. Um, last up, Avengers by Jonathan Hickman and Isad Ribic. Another storyline, Rogue Planet. we got a got a planet coming at Earth. They're going to stop it. I'm probably going to keep reading it because I can't seem to drop Avengers, even though it is one of the more frustrating books in my pool list. You sound exhausted. What? You sound exhausted talking about it. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, it is a, it's a heavy book. Yeah, I love, I love Hickman's writing though. It's so heavy and operatic. Uh, it's, it's like a, uh, I don't know. His, his style is like a, a, a more clinical science fictiony Scott Snyder. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Which, uh, you know, they, I'm just trying to make comparisons for comparison's sake, I suppose. But I, I really like his style. This, this creative team looks phenomenal. But didn't this story just happen? Well, this is this sounds like what is happening in New Avengers. Literally every issue. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure it all ties in together because I'm sure it's still the same story. But. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not... Depending on the fallout of Infinity, I feel like I'm still going to be reading Avengers, but mm-hmm. we will see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so those are all the a million books. <laughs> like 30 books or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was surprised. There are actually a bunch of them that neither of us are going to try. That is... I'm sorry, Marvel. <laughs> That's. I thought we would be on board for all of them. They're doing what they need to do, yeah. which is they're finding fresh way, they're, they're finding new ways to put great creative teams yeah. on new properties. It's something that we always talk about. It's something that you and I have always said, like, you know, we need to, there needs to be more of this sort of new blood coming in and we need 
we need to revitalize a lot of these things. Otherwise, it's going to be the Avengers over and over again. Yeah. Everyone's going to be burned out. And I think and, that um, all the books, even the ones we don't, we're not going to pick up, I feel like they're very exciting books that are going to excite another part of the audience. Just because we're not going to buy them. Like, that Ghost Rider book is probably going to have a big audience. Oh, yeah. I there's think there's definitely an audience that is... For that. There's definitely an audience freaking out about that Punisher book, 100%. Oh, yeah. I'm not in that audience, but, you know, I think it's great. I think that it's great that Marvel is take like takes so many more risks on this stuff. I mean... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, these... Some of these may not be our cup of tea. And I'll tell you what, I bet you someone... There's someone out there listening that listened to me, like, geek out about that Silver Surfer relaunch that's probably rolling their eyes because they <laughs> want to see the sort of, like, high drama of the old... Mars Ron Lim era. Yeah. But that book is going to be goofy. With uh, Ginchy. That's the mm. word I'm looking for. Great. <laughs> um, well, that's next year. Uh, now, the rest of the episode, we have an interview that we did with um, Patrick Meany, a documentary director uh, who just directed Comics in Focus, Chris Claremont's X Men. Yes. As well which as. You saw. Yeah, which uh, uh, we recorded the interview at New York Comic Con on like Saturday. Uh, before the thing premiered on Monday after. So I have seen the documentary. I went to the premiere, which they hosted at Columbia, the Butler Library. Um, and Chris Claremont was there, as well as Anne Nacenti. And they did, like, a Q&A afterwards. Um, it was packed. I mean, it was, a, it was a room in a library. And it was... Uh, it was above filled with people that were... I mean, probably, like, 50 people. You know, that's a pretty big room. It Absolutely. felt small because there was a ton of people in there. <laughs> yeah. um but of course like this is this is my you know it's my jam uh it's 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 my favorite thing in the world so uh the doc was really good it was really informative um you learn a lot of things that you never learned before uh you get more louise simonson interviews which are always great because wheezy is the best it's wheezy baby oh, i love her and also like anna cinti is i'd never seen her interviewed until this I never met her. Um, I've met Louise Simonson a couple times, and Anne Cinti is also just a great dry wit, like such a good contrast to yeah. uh, Louise Simonson. Like I feel like all of the cursing in the movie came from Anne Cinti, and it's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I thought it was really good. Um, and Patrick had a lot to say about that, and he also had a lot to say about the image documentary he did, which is coming out later. Which I can't wait for. Yeah, I'm super excited. That was that was my bag. I'm so fascinated by that history there and <laughs> just all of the, not necessarily the drama, but what went into that era. Because that was right during my formative years as, as a fan and, well, yeah. hell, as a person. And I'm such a process junkie and such a behind-the-scenes type of guy that I'm really excited to see uh, an accomplished filmmaker such as himself uh, delve into this and, and see what type of story gets told. Yeah. So um, enjoy this uh, this interview with Patrick Meany, and we will be back in a second Mundo. We're here at New York Comic Con. I always say that. We're always here at New York Comic Con, but they've listened to this and they know that we're at New York Comic Con. Con exclusive. Yeah. Con exclusive. Yeah, 2K13. <laughs> Step out of the booth and listen to the podcast. I don't know why I'm suddenly in, like, weird shill mode, too. Jeez, um, it's a weird day. Yeah, uh, we're, uh, we're here with comic book documentary director Patrick Meany. 
Hello. Hello. How's uh, it going, man? Oh, good, good. You have two documentaries coming out that are a very specific laser-focused interest of both of us. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, Comics and Focus, Chris Claremont's X-Men, which... And Oh. I feel like it's going to be my, I don't know, my video Bible probably at some yeah. point soon. Nice. Yeah, yeah, you're going to own it in like every format. Like make a VHS just so he can have it. And if there's a laser disc, I'll print up a couple laser discs. Yeah. There you go. Beta yeah. Max. Uh, and also The Image Revolution. Uh, which I am a I'm a huge early 90s image guy. Um, oh, man. and I was that was just the time when I was really kind of getting that age where you can form opinions and was obsessed with comics and it was this like sort of awesome bellwether well thought out opinions too that were not oh, at all yeah, driven yeah. by like primal based childish emotions yeah yeah like like I'm sure the comic store owner loved that I called him every week asking if Youngblood 1 came out yet uh, <laughs> it literally happened uh, this 12 year old or 11 year old fool uh, every week and he was like I will let you know when it comes out and I was like oh okay Stop thanks um, so, so you do uh, you do documentaries about um, about what what I feel are like stories that people don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so often we all just see the end product of the work, and we don't see a lot of like the thought process that goes into it, the actual work process of the stories from behind the scenes. What got you into and interested into in telling those stories? Uh, well, the the first project I did was a doc on Graham Morrison called uh, Graham Morrison Talking, Talking with Gods, with Gods yeah. which is uh, on Hulu now. You can watch oh, it, wow. or you could buy it. Um, <laughs> either buy one. It. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I I loved Graham Morrison's work. I thought, and I loved like his kind of extra textual persona oh, and yeah. just reading interviews with him. I always found you know as interesting and really added a lot to the work when you found out more about where he was coming from. Particularly with some of the more like difficult to figure stuff out, like uh, Flex Metallo or The Filth. Yeah. A lot of people could be like, what is this? But then I think once you read some interviews or you understand where he's coming from, you're like, oh, wow, this is really personal yeah. and it's really you know introspective and it adds a whole new layer. So I was very interested in him as a person and I wound up, um, for some reason, I wrote a whole series of blog posts about The Invisibles. Which then I met up here at New York Comic Con in 08 with uh, the guys who run this website slash publisher called Sequart, yeah, who do different yeah. books about comics, and they were like, oh, we should turn all these posts into a book. Um, so we did that, and then we were like, oh, we want to get Grant to do an interview for it. And I was wow. like, well, why don't we um, film this interview? And then I was like, well, why don't we pitch him on the idea of doing a documentary about him while we're doing this? Yeah. Um, so he said yes, and we were pretty much off and running from there. He was, you know, like the dream documentary. That's I a big start. It yeah. was. It's starting up at the top. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, uh, I asked Kristen Grant's wife a couple months ago, I was like, why did you have us do this when we had never done a documentary before? And she was like, I don't know, you just seemed like you knew what you were doing. <laughs> so <laughs> That's so much of what it is, is just like, if you seem like you know what you're doing, or just sound like you have an idea of what to do yeah. and some confidence and it like you can get that stuff done yeah I, I think so I mean I think they knew I, I love Grant's work they knew I kind of like understood where he was coming from and I think it was just like you know a fortunate uh, occurrence that they were like yeah go for it yeah so, so were you um uh, you, you said you're you're a big Grant Morrison fan uh, were you mainly into like the Vertigo books uh, growing up, or? I mean, I, I love all his stuff. I got into him through his Vertigo stuff first, but yeah. since then, I've been into, you know, I've read everything he's done. I love his superhero stuff. I love his Vertigo stuff. All yeah. That, pretty much. Um, what about what about his work uh, appeals to you? And uh, what do you see with him 
as a as a storyteller, what are the things that he does as a storyteller that you feel like you would like to pull into your own work? Um, I, I think the thing that makes Grant's work so exciting for me is that he takes a lot of people, and if you read a lot of comics that are sort of like indie comics, it's like, I'm drawing from real life, so I'm writing a story about a guy who sits at home and draws comics yeah. and can't get women and hates himself, etc. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Grant's stories, you know, to me, it's like your own story feels important to you. Like, it's the most important story in the world to yeah, you. Yeah. And when you feel sad, it's not like, you know, watching a guy... You don't want to watch a guy sit there and feel sad. That's not what it feels like. So I think his stuff actually is, in some ways, more realistic or representative of sort of, like, your own experience yeah. of your life. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so that that's... I think if you watch the movie, it's basically about the way that the different things that happened to him in his life informed the work and the way then his work kind of informed his life as well so it's sort of this like continuum where you could wow. see the circle of life <laughs> exactly so it's it's interesting because he's very autobiographical even in stuff like a Superman story yeah. or a JLA story or something yeah it's fascinating well and moving on to like uh, like the stuff you have coming out soon um, the Chris Claremont documentary is coming out soon yeah uh, what was the genesis behind like readers you couldn't going? see it but uh, uh, Brett's breath caught in his throat as he said it <laughs> there was a twinkle in his no, eye I mean, like, yeah. I'm a huge X-Men fan and I've realized like like Joss Whedon George Lucas and Chris Claremont have all had this mm-hmm. immense impact on who I am as a person and it's just like I don't know I, that's why I'm very excited about this documentary yeah. I, I mean for me actually Chris Claremont was what really got me into comics yeah. um, I read I, I was probably like, the only person who after seeing the X-Men movie was like oh let me go check out some X-Men comics I really enjoyed <laughs> you're this. what Marvel wanted yeah I, I had liked the um, the show when I was a kid uh, and I was also like I'm always kind of like a completist oh, or, yeah. so I was like where did X-Men begin so I was like alright I'm going to read this essential X-Men 1 and so I read Chris's stuff, and that was kind of what led me on a path. Shortly after that, I read, like, Watchmen and Dark Knight yeah. and stuff like that. But I read all of Chris's run um, probably, like, ten years ago now, and I loved it. And I think that people, like, talk about his stuff. They're like, Dark Phoenix was good, or John Byrne was good, and then there's, like, you know, there's so much more. And oh, people... Yeah. People never really look into the fact, like, the stuff... I think the stuff he did with John Romita or with Paul Smith... Paul Smith is the best. Paul Smith uh, is, I think, is definitely the best. I think Joss Whedon, every, like, the tone of every Joss Whedon project is Paul Smith's X-Men. I I had talked to... I met Joss Whedon, and we were talking comics, and he Mm. said that his all-time favorite run was uh, the burn through Paul Smith X-Men stuff. Yeah, and then, well, then, also to see a writer like Chris Claremont got that opportunity to write the book for 16 years, so he got to take the characters well past where they could have even ended. Like, I would say, like, the end of uh, Fall of the Mutants, 227, where they all sacrificed themselves to yeah. stop the adversary, that could have been the series finale. Yeah. Like, it yeah. is super powerful. But then he goes on for another 40 issues. Yeah. I, I always say, like, I think Fall of the Mutants is, like, if it was a TV show, that's the finale. Then yeah. Inferno is, like, the movie they make after the TV yeah, yeah. show. With all the anthropom- anthropomorphic demonic mailboxes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they, they say they say that often when you're making a documentary the story, whatever story you think you're going to tell uh, is never the story you wind up telling um, what what sort of discoveries did you make uh, while making this documentary about Chris Claremont uh, that you had not known before or were like revelations as a, as a filmmaker? Um, I, I think the thing about 
Chris is he's almost like like for me I'm like all the X-Men came from Chris everything came from Chris yeah. and I he he would be a little more likely to give credit to be like well Len Wein did this or you know whoever else did this yeah uh, and I think he kind of is like I don't like I think he has a bigger place in comics history than I think he probably does you know I think yes. he's like really proud of his work and really happy with his work but I don't think that he necessarily would you know ascribe like is fully aware of how much it meant to people or the impact that it had, I think, outside of... Yeah. You know, I mean, like, if you look at it, it's like, I think Chris is on par with, you know, Jack Kirby or Stan Lee, yeah. but he's sitting at this little booth here, yeah. and he's not, like, you know, people don't think of him that way. I mean, I mean, I personally, I would say he's the most important superhero writer of the past 30 years. Yeah. Like, flat yeah. out. I mean, any anyone who writes a team book... You might not know it, but you're writing a Chris Claremont book because yeah. he redefined how you write a team book with those first 20 issues of Uncanny in the late 70s. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and then I just start crying all over my face. <laughs> all over my face. I, I, I think if you look at it, he kind of begins in, like, the hangover of the Silver Age, and yeah. by the end, we're in the modern age, and he sort of takes comics through the, like, the yep. Alan Moore 80s period into the image period. And the X-Men get as dark as all those books. Like, yeah. the tones vary... All the way through, I mean, then he does the most excessive 90s comic almost ever with X-Men number one through yeah. three, oh, which, yeah. is, which is still, like, as great as everything else, but as 90s, like, his tone changed so much, yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, well, what he said was basically he considers his best work 94 to 277, like, 12 pages into 277. So I yeah. think after X-Men one, I've heard, I don't think he said this, somebody was like, it was like the severance package, yeah. where they were like, you'll sell, you know... Eight million issues, and oh, was yeah, like yeah. you're kind of screwed here, but go out on a high note. Yeah, and... he did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also speaking of the early '90s, you did do a documentary that is focused entirely on the early '90s, which I know Matt is going to jump up and down about. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, image. It, it's interesting that those two. I literally finished them like a week apart because they are sort of like. Chris Claremont, you could kind of see, like, oh, okay, so this was took Marvel from, like, a fun place to work to, like, a bad place to work. And yeah. then Image sort of picks up in this time when people are like, I want to get out of Marvel. I want to do something different. Um, and even all those artists are people that worked on X-Men with Pretty Chris much, Claremont. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Jim Lee, you know, Liefeld all came to prominence on that. And then and Jim Lee, like, immediately brought Chris Claremont in on Wildcats yeah. to uh, introduce a creator on character in that book and write several issues. Um, what, uh, so you move, from, you move from Claremont to Image, which in a storytelling style is like a two very different approaches to story, Yeah. right, uh, in, in terms of comics. Um, how did you differ your approach as a filmmaker between the two projects? Uh, well, Claremont's a little different from any of the other ones we've done because it's much more limited in terms of interviews. There's about... Uh, six people we interviewed, six or seven, um, and like Grant Morrison, we did like forty. Oh um, wow! Claremont, I, I was designing it more. I wanted it to be like if you had never read X Men, a little more accessible. But I also wanted it to be something where it's a little more for comics fans. Yeah. Um, it's a shorter. It's only forty minutes as opposed to a feature length. Yeah. Um, and it's more in depth about a specific work. It's not really about Claremont, like you know, his whole life. It's pretty much from you know. 70s to 1991. Yeah. Um, so the style we took with that was a little different. There's, um, it's mostly him and a, like a round table interview with him, Louise Simonson, and Anne Nocenti. Ooh. So, yeah. which was pretty cool. He hadn't seen Anne in 10 years. Oh, God. So it was, um, it was pretty <laughs> cool to get them all kind of reflecting on that. That's 
uh, I love, and I also I love the two of them too. I think it's like, I mean, from a feminist perspective, like X Men, Chris Claremont's X Men book is one of the most important. I would yeah. say feminist works in comic books just because of his impressive, unrelenting track record of creating awesome female characters. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like Anne and Louise don't get nearly enough credit as they like they deserve for being the women behind the scenes, like shepherding this vision. I, I love them. Yeah. I'm very excited to see those three talking. Well yeah, Anne will also be at the thing on Monday, the premiere oh, on Monday right. at Columbia. So I think we'll probably have her jump on with Chris when we do the uh, oh, Q and A with so them. Great. But, but how many people did you interview for the um for the image one? Image we did a lot. We probably did 35-ish to 40. Um, So Image was... Image is designed kind of... um, It's largely focused on the the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, we we discuss the books (laughs) to some extent, but it's not really getting too deep into, like, the, uh, you know, the nuances of Youngblood. It's more about kind of... And uh, of which there are many nuances. (laughs) Very many. uh, Yeah. But it's kind of like I would compare it to like a behind the music, oh, in that it's it's about like you know these guys who get very rich, very successful, have kind of a falling out, have a lot of problems, and then manage to like pull it together in the end. To ah, come back. I love it. So is the scope of it? Whereas like Claremont's is this very specific time frame. Does Image like go all the way up to today? Is it an out like um, the entire it, Image? Image story? goes to today, but it it's. Primarily focused on the years from about 88 when McFarlane started to break in to about 98 when Jim Lee sells the company. And then kind of um, Walking Dead and the stuff it becomes today is sort of the, you know, the last 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, Image has gone through this radical makeover. Yeah. I, um, I think Image's books today are better than they've ever been, but yeah. the story of Image today is kind of boring or it's just kind of like... Because people, it works People, people are doing yeah. their thing, you know. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yep. It's not like I mean there were so many. I mean, working at Wizard, I heard so many rumors of that time period of yeah. those guys in the early '90s, like driving cars into swimming pools and stuff. Like yeah, I don't know, like mm-hmm. if, how true all that is. If we're gonna, like, uh, I mean, there's stories. some there's some of that in the movie for sure. There was a, a crash, like brand new Viper that Rob Liefeld had bought. Some guy oh, crashed, man. and um, they, they had a lot of money. Like that's one of the things talking to you. even like. Not just the guys at the top, like anybody, inkers, you know, letterers. Wow. They were buying houses, they were buying cars, and these guys are all like 22, 23. I don't uh, know how there was that much money. I mean, they were selling, so you know. Nuts. The, I, the thing that really kind of surprised me was you know that, like, oh, number one is going to sell a lot, but it's like, you know, Blood Strike number five is selling the 800,000, a million wow. copies. Yeah. And it's like, um, so it was a crazy time. Like, it's not really comparable to comics today. <laughs> no, not no. at all. Holy crap. Uh, are uh, there any, um, are there any, like, dream documentaries that you, like, have in your brain that you want to tackle? Um, I, I mean, the Neil Gaiman project that we're doing now was one that I had wanted to do for a really long time. Yeah. And we were talking to him kind of on and off, and he would be like, well, I'm a little busy now, but let me, know, you know, check back in. So we kept checking back in, and finally he was like, all right, now's a good time. Uh, so we're doing that one now. That's been a lot of fun. That's also very different because the other documentaries are all interview-based. And this one is kind of going to be a mix of interviews and, like, tour. So we went around for two weeks in England in August filming his book tour. Oh, wow. Which I believe is the biggest signing tour of all time. He signed, like, 50,000 books or something wow. like that. Um, so that was a lot of fun, and it, it's fun because Neil kind of, like, plays to the camera, and it's a little more of, like, you know, you're, you're out there with him, and he's running into different people and doing yeah. all kinds of different stuff. 
Um, so that's cool. I mean, the, the dream project I have, which is like a, a big dream that I doubt will ever be realized, is to do uh, Kanye West. <laughs> this, ah. I think would be the craziest documentary you could well, do. Well, there is that today. blog, Kanye Plus Comics. Yes. Yeah. So. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's. I read somewhere he's somewhat into comics, but uh, who knows? That's that's the like the dream project one day. <laughs> that was I wasn't expecting that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, in comics, I feel like I kind of have like done the stuff that I, I was personally passionate about. Yeah. So like yeah. you know. You've interviewed probably every big person in the industry just between all these like. Yeah. All, the, all those handful. And so yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy, and all these stories were ones that I really wanted to tell. I mean, it's it's quite possible there's a couple other things I might want to do in comics, but I feel like Neil is kind of yeah the one um, like a big you know thing to work towards. So. Awesome. Great. Uh, well, where can people find all of your um, all the docs? Okay. Uh, Grant Morrison talking with gods is available on DVD, on Amazon. It's on iTunes. It's also on Hulu if you want to watch it for free. It's on YouTube as well uh, if you're international and you want to watch it. Okay. Uh, Warren Ellis Captured Ghosts, which is the second movie we did, um, is available on DVD, iTunes, Google Video, Amazon, etc. Um, so you can get that. That's only like three dollars. So you could be yeah. you could be watching it. That's any cheaper minute. than a Warren Ellis comic. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> this is going to be a full uh, eighty minutes of, of entertainment. Yeah, um, and that guy is entertaining. Oh yeah, is entertaining. Yeah. That, that one was fun. We interviewed, in addition to Warren, a lot of big names. We interviewed Joss Whedon, uh, Helen Mirren, uh, Bria Grant, the actress, yeah. uh, Claudio Sanchez from Coheed and Cambria, Patton yeah. Oswalt, Will Wheaton. So all kinds of interesting people here. Warren knew and. Um, wanted to talk about it yeah <laughs> uh the claremont movie is going to be premiering i'd assume this will you'll probably listen to this afterwards but yeah. on this monday october 14th at columbia with a chris q a and then it's going to be available for download from uh secward secward.org if you go there you'll be able to find the download link probably in november around november 15th so and also on dvd so you could get that for uh, Christmas with a yeah. lot of bunch for Chris Christmas, Christmas yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the fans um, there's going to be a lot of stuff that he talked about that wasn't in the movie like for example um, a lot of his plans for what he would have done had he not left oh, the book oh I can't wait those are all I can't wait um, interesting plans and a lot of things about um, his own kind of perception of the run that didn't quite fit in uh, so interesting stuff if you're uh, you know if you're a fan um, yeah the image movie is we're basically trying to do a festival run with it so we've submitted it to a few places it's kind of in limbo until that is over but hopefully it'll be out sometime early-ish next year uh pending what happens with the festivals uh the gaming movie is in kind of the early stages of editing now we're shooting a bunch of interviews we shot uh bill Hader the other day which was pretty awesome um, and now it, I'm pretty much editing it, and uh, I would imagine probably 2015 is the earliest to see that, but you, know, you never know. Awesome. So yeah, that was our interview with Patrick Meany. Uh, the Chris Claremont documentary will be hitting the internet, I do believe, at the end of this month. Um, he still had a couple more music rights things to clear, I do believe. I was uh, a backer. I was a backer on uh, Kickstarter, so I get like some sweet inside information. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so you can check us out at mattandbrettlovecomics.com, where if you liked this episode, you might want to check out some of our back issues, like our New York Comic Con interview episode, which went up last week, where we talked to Charles Soule, Will Sliney, 
uh, Joe Harris, where I got to talk to someone about X-Force who actually worked on X-Force for a little while. Well, you got to. I yeah. got to hear all of these awesome interviews because I was working. <laughs> now I'm just complaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so why don't you go and check that out? Uh, we also love hearing from all of our listeners. So tell us what you think about this or any past episode on the website or Facebook page at facebook.com slash theylovecomics. Um, you can find out where we hang out on the social media platforms if you go there and click on the tab Who Loves Comics? Tis be a fact. Some handsome photos of myself and Mr. Brett White. Yeah, we gotta get those sized down. You're so big. No, did you say we have to make them twice as big? You're right. No, a half. Um, If you fancy what you've heard here today, please rate and review the show on iTunes. It really helps us out. And we've actually gotten one new review that was good. I mean, we've gotten one review and it was a good review. Since March. So that was good. Uh, Do more, guys. Girls, ladies, people, humans. Let's do this. Dogs, if you can type. Guys, you you guys are our best mouthpiece. Uh, That that isn't us trying to put the work on you. It means a lot when it comes uh, as a social... As a social suggestion from a friend or a Twitter follower or a a Facebook groupie or uh, an Instagram cam... Stalker or a Snapchat <laughs> freak or tell people you like the show. Yeah, darn it. That's that's what that's what we're asking for. It would be it, it would mean the world to us because we want to have fun with you and your friends. Uh, and as always, thanks to our producer Benjamin Reggie for doing everything we don't know how to do. You are certainly awesome. Point now. Oh yeah, you're Ben Point now. Yeah, Great and point hey, now. guys, real fast, uh, if you are interested in what Brett and I do, our sketch group, Left Handed Radio, recently had an episode that was all comic book sketches called Tales from the Long Box. You can go to lefthandedradio.com to check that out. I'm quite proud of the work that uh, we all put into it, and Brett's, uh, Brett wrote some really great, funny sketches for the show. As did ye. You wrote a Punisher sketch. I did write a Punisher sketch. I wrote a crossover sketch, too. See? Uh, there's a there there's a uh, Rob Liefeld is the writing show. Da da, awesome. Well, uh, yeah. Until next week. Um, this well, is Matt. Uh, this is Brett. And we we love comics. We do. It's true. Yeah, I spent a lot of time talking about comics. It's like way too much time. That's all is I do. I don't know what's happening in my life. <laughs>